You are about to listen to Etinarcodia Ego, a scenario for Cult of Entity Lost originally released in 1994 that has just been revised and released for free by the fine folks at Helmgast. You can download the scenario by following the link in the show notes. Let us also use this opportunity to give you a word of caution. Part of the background to this scenario is the HIV AIDS epidemic and the consequences of this on the LGBT community. While we think we have handled this in a sensitive way, these are topics very much connected to real-world horrors. If you would rather not be reminded of this, we would urge you to skip this series. With that said, here is Etinarcadia Ego. A light snow has begun to fall as two men exit a vehicle. They have been driven out from the station in Charlottesville, in the state of Virginia, to a house, roughly 30 minutes drive from said Charlottesville. This house is in the countryside, surrounded by farmland, and of course, silhouetted behind said house are the great Blue Ridge Mountains where the snow is coming from. The house you find yourself before is known to the locals as Arcady House, built by Joachim St. Denis, or St. Denis as the localization pronounces it. Way back in the 1800s, they say, the house has belonged to the St. Denis family for ever since it was created, really, although at different times it's been occupied and not occupied. Our two characters today know who currently occupies it. Their dear old friend, Nigel St. Denis. His father refurbished the house back in the 60s, and so even though it was abandoned for some time or left to gather dust, it has recently been refurbished. Though it still keeps its rustic exterior quite fancy really, considering the time it was built. There's a certain element of almost Greek architecture to this old country house. From the outside, it actually looks quite modest as well, only one floor. But you think that actually it has a second floor beneath, for the house is built into a hill, so even though it seems to only have one floor as you approach from the front, from behind, you'd see it's actually a nice two-story manor house. There's some other buildings nearby as well. There's a separate carriage house that's recently renovated to have a large three-car garage, as well as a two-bedroom apartment, and also even a small pool near that building, although of course all this is closed up right now as the snow is starting to come in. There's also a old shed. You can just see off in the distance, but that has been long left abandoned. It's history. Unpleasant. And so, they are content to leave it, it seems, to rot away. But the main house itself, looming as it is, doesn't seem unwelcoming. But you can see light from within. Two men have come to see an old friend. But who are these two men? Let us focus first of all on... Sean Carson. Who are you, Sean Carson? And what are you doing as you exit the car that has brought you here? A local driver who knows Nigel has brought you up and he'll be dropping you off and leaving shortly. But who are you, Sean Carson? I am a 33-year-old instructor at a high school in the Hudson Valley, so it's been a little bit of a trek to get out here. Blue eyes, square face, a little bit of a stubble. There's a scar that splits my left eyebrow on what otherwise looks like a fairly mundane and innocent face. I have a complicated history with Nigel, and it is with some dread that I step out of the car and look up to see Arcady in front of me. It's uh, not a haunting sight by any means. In fact, it looks quite nice. And newly renovated, but it is the man inside that I 
I have very mixed feelings about seeing again. We have been very close, don't get me wrong. There is no bad blood between us, it's just... I I don't really want to see him pass. At the same time, I want to see him. It's complicated. I glance down at the bag that I'm holding and think of the cheap booze that I have inside of it. Wrap my warm jacket around me as I look over to the other man. The way here has been a bit of short, nervous conversation, but I'm not really sure I've figured out that much about him. That much you do know, though. This might be the last time you ever see Nigel. You don't know all the details, but you do know that he's in the final stages of AIDS. He might not live much longer. The weekend that was sold to you was a little winter holiday just to finally catch up. It's been a few years, but you know, or at least you think you know, this is probably him wanting to see some old friends one last time before it's too late. Certainly an awkward weekend, but you've come. You didn't have to. Why did you come? I... I I couldn't bear the thought of that last time we met were under such circumstances as they were and I know he's blamed himself a lot for the way that my life has turned out I just want to reassure him put him at ease I suppose and make sure that he has no more regrets about what happened about that not that I feel responsible or anything it's just I wish things had no I don't think I wish things had turned out differently it's up to me to to control my own life not him you should know that we're not alone though Sean someone else has shared the car journey with you I don't think you would have known them before the car journey, but maybe in the 30-minute drive you shared some words. That is you, Bradford Thomas. Who are you? Well, the man you see before you is wearing a heavy dark blue jacket and a thick winter cap. Over his shoulder hangs a duffel bag. He's clean-shaven and looks like he might be in his 40s. Impeccable posture. Not surprising, given my military background. My name is Bradford Thomas. Brad, to my friends. I'm traveled here to Charlottesville from Arlington, where I live and work. Uh, currently work for the army at the Pentagon. Having spent most of my life preparing and training for a Warsaw Pact tank offensive that never came. I'm wrapping things up there now. With the budget cuts that followed the collapse of our adversary, it's really high time to do something new. Fortunately, we will never run out of people to blow up, and the military-industrial complex is always hiring. It's time to cash in. But before then, I needed to come here. Nigel and I were close. Heck, we lived together. During college at the University of Virginia. Roommates. He knows things about me that nobody else does. And I about him. I know about all the secrets he had to carry with him. About how tough it was for him. About everything that he had to put up with. About all the horrible people out there. And now he's going to die. It puts things into perspective. It really makes you think. And I fucking hate that. I don't want to think... I don't want him to die. But, well, what will happen will happen. I can at least say goodbye to him. I owe him that much, at least. It is with a heavy heart I find myself here at Arcady. And I hope that I will be able to handle this well. Not break down. I 
need to keep the stern front that I normally keep be the military man that everyone expects me to be. Yes. Two men. Two old friends. You, Bradford, perhaps an older friend. As you said, you shared a room during your college days. You're quite similar in age. You, Sean, later in his life, when he was an older man, university lecturer at the university you attended. But still, even that was some time ago. And here you are, outside this old house. You believe it's called Arcady. He will have mentioned it to you both at some point. The family home. Now, his home. His final home, you think. The car begins to move off, the man inside giving you a quick nod. He'll be probably back to collect you when the weekend is done. It's currently Thursday, rapidly approaching the late afternoon. The sun is beginning to fade and the snowy, picturesque landscape beginning to look a little less pleasant and a bit more ominous. But the house is before you, the lights are on, and there does seem to be a man and a woman standing at the front door. They clearly have been expecting you. What do the two of you do? I nod to to Sean, and I begin moving up to to these people who are waiting for us. As we get close, I say, uh, "I'm Bradford, uh, Bradford Thomas. I'm uh, well, I'm here to see Nigel." I get a uh, almost uh, torn out of my reveries as um, as I suddenly see uh, Bradford start moving up to the house, and I. Uh, just nod to myself as if someone had asked me the question if I was coming and I start moving upwards to it it feels like I'm walking through heavy resistance but uh, I let Bradford then start the conversation the man steps forward and reaches to shake your hand Bradford he is a middle aged man thick glasses, balding on the top of his head, wearing a thick red jumper. The woman also has glasses, looks quite similar really, in a strange way, similar clothing anyway, and he smiles. Howdy, Dwayne, Dwayne Gates, pleasure to meet you, Mr. Thomas, we've been expecting you. Pleasure to meet you too. And I turn to the to the woman. This is my wife, Letitia. And Letitia steps forward and goes, how'd you do? And then Dwayne says, don't worry about us. We'll just give you the little inside tour. Uh, Nigel, you know, he, he needs a bit of time. Uh, he'll be joining you uh, for dinner. But, uh, you know, that's got an hour to then. So I was come on in and have a tour of the parlor. It's real swell. And uh, don't worry. Uh, most of the weekend, if you need something, let us know. We're, you know, we're just here to help. We, we, we maintain the house and, and, and make sure the grounds are reasonably well kept. Uh, while, uh, you know, Nigel is busy. <laughs> I uh, put on my best smile, though it's probably a bit nervous as I go up and I also shake the hands of Dwayne and Letitia. I assume they know who I am then as well. They would appear to, yes, they smile, shake your hand and gesture for you to come in, opening the double doors and leading you into what seems to be the home's main parlor. What do you do? I uh, do come in and I stand there for a bit in my winter jacket and take off my shoes while looking around and seeing what this place looks like on the inside. I suppose it's interesting to see what it would say about Nigel in this place. Well, certainly it is quite an impressive parlor. To the right, there seem to be doors leading to... Yes, it's quite an impressive entranceway. To the right, there seem to be doors that lead into what you assume is a large parlour. You can see a crackling of light coming from there. Possibly a fireplace has been lit. The room you're in now, though, is not unimpressive. There is a beautiful woven mural on the wall, depicting a deep forest with men and women in sort of old-fashioned cloaks and 
sticks and they're sort of just walking into this forest countryside. It's very pleasant. There is a little inscription underneath that simply says, Arcadia. There's also, seems to be, to the left, some stairs going down. Oh, interesting. Yes, down. You can kind of feel that there isn't an upper floor above you, but there must be some floors below you. Again, there's a place to hang your coats and jackets, and all seems rather pleasant at this point. What are you thinking as you enter Bradford? I look around, I try to get a feel for the building. It Does it have that antebellum Civil War kind of feeling to it? Is it, is it that kind of southern estate, that sort of feeling, or would it, would it be later? It definitely has that feeling, but again, there's an interesting mix here. There's some, you think those are columns, almost more European or Greek architecture as well. Hmm. Well, it certainly is, uh... It's elegant. I uh, just continue studying it as I, I look around and uh, I ask, yeah, so how, how did you uh, how did you meet Nigel? Oh, well, you know, uh, we know him through his father. Uh, again, you know, it's his house, really, uh, still, uh, William. Uh, you know how it is. Uh, he's given uh, with Nigel's condition. He's let his son have the house. He doesn't live for any anymore on account of Anyway, that you know, we, we, we just look after the house, uh, you know. You, you know how Nigel is. Most of the time he likes to be left alone these days if he's not with his carer, Miss Jennifer. <laughs> uh, that's understandable under the circumstances, uh, certainly. Well, um, where will we be, uh, be staying then? Uh, are there rooms prepared? Oh, yes, of course. Just down the stairs. That's where the main guest rooms are. Uh, you got your parlor to the right. That leads to the uh, library. That's where Nigel spends most of his time. Uh, you can go visit him, I think, during the day. Not right now, of course. Um, but downstairs as well. That's where the kitchen is. Help yourself. Dining room. Bathrooms. And then, yes, this this floor here is mainly the library. And then, of course, uh, you know, Nigel's room. And uh, a room for uh, Jennifer as well. Well, um, if you don't mind, I'll... Go put my stuff there. Uh, this jacket is a little bit warm in here, so um, figure I'd better uh, freshen up uh, as well uh, before we, well, get to meet Nigel. I stop for a bit. Do I know who Jennifer is? No, you do not. Although he did just say carer, so you guess his carer. Uh, then I assume that, and I nod, and I... I look around, is there a place where I can put my shoes, or do I take those with me down? You think they'd be taken down. The floor here is wood panelling, so you don't think shoes are too much of an issue. Alright, well, I'll take that and then start following Bradford down the stairs, find these guest rooms. think to myself it's a little odd that they are building downwards and not upwards. It is, but as you go down the stairs, it does seem as if the ground floor is actually just as grand as a second floor. You are led to two nice, modest, but nice guest rooms. You both have one each, it seems. Hmm. Well, what does it look like in there? It is efficient, it seems. Nice beds, some cupboards, some trusted drawers, old-fashioned wood. Very neat, very unused, you think to yourself. When was the last time someone was held up in this room? And again, you poke your head around, you see the lovely kitchen. Modern, surprisingly. Clearly refurbished recently. A lovely old dining room. And, are there, a couple of bathrooms. Seems to be the main bottom level of the house if you do a little quick walk around. Are there any, like, windows on the edges, uh, or are we completely underground? No, there are indeed windows, yes, in your room, and it seems at the back of the kitchen. You look out and you can see nothing except forest and those looming blue mountains ahead. Again, it's starting to get dark now. Hmm. Well, I don't have very many things to unpack from my bag, so I take out the uh, bottle of liquor and find myself just sitting down on the bed 
and I stare at it for a while before hastily making a decision to unscrew the cork and have a quick gulp of it. Mmm, tastes good. Bradford, you also may notice that if you investigate the kitchen a little, there is an entranceway there that does lead outside. Probably don't want to go outside right now, but that would seem to be an exit into the back of the house leading into the wilderness. Mm, That's good to know. You always need to know how to exit. Um, I think to myself as I put down the duffel bag in the in the room and uh, begin unpacking, of course, putting the gun that I've brought with me in a safe place. Um, it was really mostly for keeping me safe during the trip here. You you never really know with people. And it, it, I kind of feel naked without one, to be honest, after all these years in the military. I unpack everything. I put everything down in a good way, folding it, just like, you know, I'm used to. And... I try to make myself look presentable. I want the next time I see Nigel to be, well, him seeing me in a good state. As I realize that I have drank a quarter of the bottle, I uh, I, with some hesitance, put the cork back on and I just put it away so it's out of arm's reach and I take out the men's exercise magazine that I brought with me in case I felt inspired or if I needed further instructions. I feel a slight ache around my private parts from the intense night I had before with my lover in New York. Or lover, I don't really know what we are. Boyfriends, I guess. But it's just mind-numbing it doesn't I don't think it's going to lead anywhere so I lazily flick the magazine open and then just seeing it makes me I get itchy immediately and just feel I, I need to do something so I I do get up I I go out to the kitchen area I, I see Brad there and I say well, it is uh, not a bad place to live, I I guess. No, he he has a very, very nice home. Um, not surprising, really. I um, just wish we were here under better circumstances, you know? I... Would have been nice to, you know, spend some time here during the summer or, you know, when he wasn't... Um, why in the state that he's in. Yeah. Mighty f- uh, close to nature, though. I go over to the door and I open it a little just to breathe some of the fresh air. It's a cold night outside, but the air is fresh. Alpine fresh, in a way. You truly are in a nice spot by the mountains. It's as this happens that you are then alerted by Dwayne coughing loudly. <clears throat> hey, uh, join the view. Hey, uh, it's uh, quite the scenery. I, I saw the mural upstairs. It's uh, this area. Is it? Is it the area that is called Arcady or? Well, well, funny story. The house, the house is called Arcady, but I believe you're talking upstairs. That's Arcadia. Uh, gosh, some sort of, uh, I'm not really a scholar of those sort of things. I think it's something Greek or, uh, you know, like some sort of, like, uh, heaven or, uh, I don't really know. Uh, Mr. Nigel would know more about that, I guess. Oh, all right. Yeah, I didn't see the letters too well, but, uh, Arcadia, so maybe the area then. I look very, uh, awkward as if I'm not quite sure what to say to this man. Well, 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 not the area, no, because remember, you're in Charlottesville, sir. Uh, no, no, I think that's something uh, he, he, uh, Mr. Joaquim uh, brought with him from his, uh, I don't know, uh, some sort of idealism. Again, I, I'm not the, you, you know, Nigel, he, he, all that history, he's got so many books on it. <laughs> I, I prefer books on, uh, you know, uh, wildlife myself. 
I, I see. Are you from this area yourself, then? Oh, eh? yeah, no, me and my wife, we live just about 10, 20 minutes drive in Charlottesville from here. Not too long to come in the morning, check on things, and then leave, which we'll be doing soon. I don't want to stay too late, but uh, anyway, let's get you two upstairs into the parlor. I mean, obviously, uh, back in the day, we would have hosted you here in the lovely dining room, but uh, the parlor is still comfortable. We've set some tables up so we can have dinner there. Uh, Nigel likes to have it there, if he can, when he has guests. Not that he has... Many guests these days, but it's real good to have some guests. <laughs> w- will he be joining us tonight, then, or you said he was tired? Yes, yes. No, he will. He will. He will. So please, let, let me show you up and get you a drink. And Dwayne begins to usher you back upstairs. It does seem as if this lovely dining room is not going to be used today. I uh, look a bit nervous uh, and just nod for Bradford to go first. Hmm. Yes, I I follow and begin moving uh, upstairs. And you are led upstairs again, and now to the parlor. The parlor is a very comfortable parlor. Plenty of comfortable chairs to sit in. A small table has indeed been set up so that you can sit around a table. Seems to be only three places, though, so you assume it will be you, Sean, and Nigel. Dwayne and Letitia then quickly go downstairs and begin bringing in a few plates. Seems you'll be having a soup tonight. Chicken soup? So that's quite nice. A bit of garlic bread on offer as well. And of course you are offered a selection of wine or alcohol, whatever you wish to drink. There is a lovely drinks cabinet very nearby. Do any of you partake? Mmm, some bourbon would be nice. I look at the cabinet a bit interestedly, uh, but then feeling uncomfortable just standing there while they are setting everything, I ask, is there anything you need help with? Oh, no, 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 sir. Your guests here. This is our job. Don't you worry. We'll set this up, get you some nice food, some nice drink, and then we'll just be, we'll, we'll, we'll be in the background. We'll head off, you know. I nod and I look over to Radford as he's uh, making his way over to, to look at the bourbon. So you're, uh, you said you studied together. Yeah, we we were roommates back at the uh, University of Virginia. You know, you end up being placed together with someone. Uh, I mean, I was, we were quite different. Let's just put it like that. But, uh, but we got along really well. And uh, he uh, was a really important friend uh, during those years, you know. And uh, yeah, we, we kind of lost a little bit of touch after uni I guess but um, we always you know we always checked in on each other and um, it's nice to be here it really is as you are both standing there you would also notice that you are near a roaring fireplace keeping the room warm and well lit and there are a great deal many shelves old photographs if you were to peek at one you think you can see Nigel in one of them in his prime Maybe even one of him is a child. Clearly these are family photographs on the walls. You can tell that the room has been recently dusted, even though you can still see a little bit of dust on some of these photos. I look at them and I, seeing him as a child and as a healthy youngster makes me choke up a little bit. And uh, I uh, look over to see if uh, Bradford is pouring himself one. Mm, yes, I am. Well, it's a small one, really. I I don't, I don't want to, you know, um, come across as, uh, well, you know, I want this to be good. Would you mind uh, giving me one, hey? Of course, of course. And I pour one for uh, Sean as well, and uh, hand him a glass. Hey, thanks, Bradford. Oh, Brad! You can call me Brad. Uh, Bradford is so long. Uh, sure. So, uh, this is, uh, him as you know him back then, I guess. This looks like a college-style photo of him there, right there, photo. Yeah, it feels like just yesterday, really. Um, yeah. Real, uh, real handsome man back then. I'm, I'm sure he's handsome now as well, but, uh, but yes, time is not kind to any of us normally. I can't say that it has been very kind to me. <laughs> I say as I, I laugh a little bit nervously. I laugh nervously back at him, and I'm trying not to picture how possibly horribly 
Nigel could be right now in what state. I've seen other people with AIDS and, well, sometimes it's it, it looks very painful. I push the thought away and I quickly drink what Brad has poured for me. And you drink, noticing your gaze fall for a moment on one of those photos of a woman in some sort of medical gown and a young, young Nigel standing near her. Could that be? You recall Arden, his mother, pass when he was very young. You think you would remember him saying that. As you're thinking that, you are all distracted by a large electrical sound, a humming and you turn to the double doors leading to the north of this room, and it seems an individual is entering, being wheeled in. No, not wheeled in, moving by himself. An electrical wheelchair. As the year is 1990, this is still a reasonably new invention, although quite bulky. Still, fancy. Not everyone can afford electrical wheelchairs, but Nigel certainly can. You believe the whole main reason for his wealth is his father. He said he was in law or something. And there is Nigel St. Dennis. He is pale, dressed in a loose dressing gown. Even beneath the dressing gown you think you can see he's so thin, so frail, moving in slowly. You remember him having a fine mop of brown hair that used to fall almost down to his shoulders. Now it's been cut extremely short, and you can see the hairline thinning. And yet he regards you with blue eyes that still seem fresh and alive. As he wheels over, following close behind, carrying a tray of soup, is a woman, middle-aged, tied hair in a bun. She offers you a smile, but otherwise just moves to put the tray down on the table and guide... Nigel over to said table, but Nigel turns his wheelchair and moves over to the pair of you. Ah, well, there they are. There they are. Brad, Sean, <coughs> how, how, how are you doing? How are you doing? Um, I'm, I'm doing great, Nigel. Um, so good to see you again, I say, and I move up to, to shake his hand if I, if I can. He will slowly move his hand up and gently, very gently shake your hand there's not much strength to the shake though Brad you don't look a day older ha, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom's doing you well oh thanks I appreciate that it's great to see you again uh, it's really been too long it's really been way too long uh it certainly has, but that's okay. You're here now. You're gonna have a lovely little weekend. And uh, Sean, Sean, Brad, Brad you, you, um, I wear my man as you two have been introduced, haven't you? Oh yes, on the car ride over here. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's nice to meet other friends of yours uh, from from other parts of your life. Uh, nice to be able to spend time together like this. It's uh, it's truly a blessing. I uh, swallow. Uh... And I uh, pry the glass away from my mouth and my face, looking over at Nigel and uh, seeing those eyes again. It's like that bit hasn't changed at all. I try not to... I try not to start crying immediately. I just somehow... It is very hard to see him... I I go over and I just uh, put my hand on his other hand and I say hey Nigel it's, uh, you're uh, not looking half as bad as the as I thought you would well you know me early mornings that's the key to uh, good health <laughs> I know I know wipe away at the side of my eyes <clears throat> clear my throat come have a seat have some food have a drink 
It's real good to see the pair of you. I'm a... <clears throat> I'm a mid... Tonight I'm a little, little tired than I thought I'd be. I, I might have to keep it a bit brief, but tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, well, um, I'm gonna try and be up a little earlier and uh, make sure everything's good. And you come and see me in the library, and and I've told the the others to let you have the run of the house, run of the house, uh, so you can enjoy yourself tomorrow. And then and then we can have a nice little chat and a nice dinner tomorrow, and that'll be good. But but, but please have have a, have a seat, make yourselves comfortable. Oh yeah, of course. And and you know don't don't push yourself uh, too hard. I mean we have we have the entire weekend, so. You know, if tonight's not a good night, then you know we we still have plenty of time. Yeah, don't worry, we're not going anywhere. I say, and I give his hand a gentle squeeze, and then I I go over and I sit down, I try to just gather myself. You go to the table, and you have a meal together for an hour or so. We chat about small things little things. Again, he's very happy to see you, but you can tell he's struggling to stay awake. He's quite clearly tired. Eventually, all too soon, he excuses himself. The woman, Jennifer, comes forward at this point, introduces herself as Miss Collins, and says, Pleasure to meet you two. Don't worry about me. I'll make sure you have a nice weekend with Nigel, but unfortunately, yes, his uh, strength uh, fails him at times. It's best he gets to bed now, but Feel free to go downstairs. Uh, make yourselves comfortable. If you need anything, um, well, there's a little bell down in some of the uh, guest rooms. Ring it. <laughs> uh, uh, up here, I can hear it. Oh, I'm sure we can manage quite well, Miss Collins. Thank you very much. That's very generous. Thank you. Um, it, it was it was real nice. Um, looking forward to tomorrow, Nigel. Yeah, you get some some rest now, uh, won't you? Hey, Jennifer goes to open the doors again. If you look in that direction, it seems that that leads into a library. You can see books already. There must be quite a few books in the said library. Nigel turns and smiles a bright smile. With those eyes, although again, there's an element of great weariness to him as he says. Oh, I'll see you both in the morning, and uh, otherwise, uh, sleep well. Have uh, pleasant dreams. After all, don't they say that in dreams we can truly fly? <laughs> ah, wait, was that Plato or Socrates? I, uh, I, can't, I can't remember. He looks a little distressed at this, and you would both know he never would forget a quote from Socrates or Plato. If that quote is even from either of them. Yeah, no, he would know if anyone would. It's, it's to be expected. I just I just smile reassuringly. Don't worry about it. And get some rest now. I'm sure you will remember tomorrow when you had some sleep. And he departs. You notice at this point that Dwayne and Letitia have long left... And it just seems to be the two of you, given the run of the house. Although, to be fair, the hour is late. Not much to do, really, other than maybe mill around downstairs or go to bed. What do you do? Hmm. Let's go take a peek at that library. I mean, I am able to go there, right? It's not like they've closed the doors there, or... Actually, you do notice that that does seem to be locked. Ah. Well, then, I suppose it is late. And it has been a bit of a journey to get here. And there's a day tomorrow. Best make sure I'm rested for that. Uh, bed looked very comfortable, so perhaps this is a good sign. I start uh, heading heading down uh, downstairs, and I, I, I nod to, to Sean. Uh, so um, I think I'll call it a night and uh, just catch some sleep. I haven't gotten enough of that recently, so uh, this is a good opportunity. I feel a bit disappointed myself. I would probably have enjoyed the company, even if um, I'm not very good at socializing. Just sit here and let the fire die out completely. But I just nod and say, yeah, there's a day tomorrow as well. (laughs) 
isn't there? And I, uh, and I stand up and I, I get myself downstairs and uh, go back to my room. And so the pair of you go to your separate rooms and go to bed. The house is quiet and sleep surprisingly easy to come by. Both of you as well realise just before going to bed that there's a quite interesting decoration in both your rooms you hadn't quite noticed. Some sort of dream catcher. You recall those, or you think you've heard of them. Little simple ones. Each one of you has one just over your bed. Sleep comes easily. Bradford. You sleep, and you dream, you think. Such is the nature of dreams. Sometimes we are unsure if we are actually dreaming or merely experiencing something while we wake. This dream is something you remember very well. It is late at night. You have just come back to your dorm room. You are quite drunk. You had quite a good time. What were you up to this night? Oh, I was... I was out with the with the boys, uh, you know, from uh, ROTC. We uh, tend to to hang out, you know, making the town unsafe. Uh, at least that's what we like to think. Uh, it was a it was a crazy night, uh, and I got a lot more drunk than I normally get. Uh, but I'm home, so I guess I just need to try and crash and recover for tomorrow. You come back in and you notice something that seems a bit odd. The bathroom light is on and it's quite late and Nigel... Nigel doesn't stay up late partying or even studying, really, because he gets it done during the day. He's normally in bed, so it's a bit odd that as you just enter the otherwise dark apartment, you chair, that the bathroom light is on and the door seems wide open. Oh. Nigel, you there? You hear someone cough a little. You all right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. <coughs> I'm fine. I uh, sort of begin moving towards uh, where uh, his voice is coming from. Just want to make sure that he's all right. You know, I'm really tired, really about to crash. But um, yeah, I figure I'd better see what's going on here. It's something strange. You walk to the bathroom. You don't need to even open the door because you can just walk straight through and immediately see a great deal of blood. The sink is covered in it. There's tissues with blood everywhere. You see Nigel. He's sort of over the sink, sitting on the toilet. He's trying to stop his nose bleeding. Oh, gosh, his face. He has a hideous black eye. One of his eyes is swollen shut, and he's kind of clutched over and making a bit of a whining sound as he sort of looks up at you and says, hey, I'm, I'm, It's all right. I, I'm fine. I just... It's just... It's, I'm fine. I just need... I can't stop my nose bleeding. <laughs> what the fuck happened, Nigel? What the hell? You get robbed or something? <laughs> robbed? Yeah. I wish... Fucking robbed. I, it's four or five guys. I, I was on the way home. Four, I didn't see them. They just came from behind and I, so I, my head really hurts. And ah, it's not that bad though. It's, it's, I, I think it's just, it's just a black eye, right? I try to try to make out uh, what, like how bad this injury is. I mean, part of uh, you know our our our, our training in in uh, reserve uh, in the reserve uh, officer training corps. I mean, we, we do get some basic you know first aid and, and medical. Uh, training. I mean, what do I think? Is this something where we're going to need to go to the hospital or is this something we can kind of, you know, patch up with uh, ice and band-aids and whatever we have at home? He needs to go to hospital. His face, it's not just a black eye, it's several black eyes. You think he's been hit several times in the head and he's leaning over and you notice that he kind of coughs up a bit of blood onto a tissue. That's, that's not good. And even though you are still a junior, you have been learning a few things at this point in your life. So, yeah, he, he needs to go to a hospital. I mean, it, he's probably going to be fine, but this isn't something you just sleep off. Four or five people, what the fuck did they do to him? I think I know, but... Um, all right. 
Uh, come on, Nigel. We we have to go. We got to take you to a hospital. This isn't this isn't something you, we can fix ourselves. All right. Um, where is the closest like clinic or, or hospital? Is it is there one close by or? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, you know exactly where the nearest hospital is. You're already calling. You, yeah, that's strange. You're already calling. The phone's in your hand, and then you're in the hospital. Ambulance. The ambulance. You you called an ambulance, and now you're driving to the hospital. You're there in the back with him, and he looks a lot better, actually. In fact, as you look at him, he looks fine. I mean, you know he's not. We're going to hospital. There's a strange logic that you know he's not fine. But he looks fine. Young, as he did in his early 20s, his hair a nice brown mop. But he is still sitting back in a hospital sort of gurney thing as he looks at you and holds your hand and says... Thank you. Thank you, Brad. I, I don't know what happened. Five guys. Well, I, I don't know why. I don't know why they decided to beat me up. I don't know why they got a problem with me. I do know that, though, right? I mean, I, I know I'm well enough to know why they would do something like that. You not only know, a dim memory occurs to you in this state that didn't bob and and the other guys. You remember them coming in from somewhere and laughing a lot. Oh, fuck, they came and... Did one of them have some blood on his knuckle? You think one of them joked to a girl about just just uh, being men? Fuck, you think... You think you can put two and two together what happened? Fuck. It's just so fucked up, the whole thing. It's... I don't know, it's just cruel. It's just cruel. One day they're they're gonna get what what's coming to them, but just we just have to make sure that it gets taken care of now and um, gets patched up and, and and all that. You know, it'll be it'll be fine. Just have to try and protect them better in the future. Maybe maybe I can keep him safe. Huh? I mean, you know, we're roommates after all. I yeah, we can hang out a bit more. Maybe maybe that'll help. You know, it's. it's People might say something to me, I guess, but I don't really care. He smiles at you as you're thinking this and just says, I really appreciate it, Brad. I know people give me a hard time. Uh, I'm glad you haven't. Uh, although, uh, <laughs> big buff guy like you, <laughs> little wimpy guy like me, but I, I appreciate it. Of course, you know, friends. We gotta take care of each other, you know, we gotta look out for each other. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a tough town, you know, and yeah, we, we take care of each other. You, you, you look out for me as well. I, I, know, I know that. And he does, and you remember that. But tell me, Bradford, are you that confident on this? After all, you know how he is, and you don't have a problem with that. But so many of those guys you hang around with have a big problem with it. They will give you a hard time. How do you cope with that as the years go on? I think in this moment I feel like I, of course, will look out for him. Of course, I'll take care of him. I'll, I'll stand up to all those fuckers, of course. But but I didn't. I remember that. I I, I didn't, actually. I, I, I couldn't. I wasn't that strong. I... I don't know if anyone can be that strong. It wasn't that kind of place. It wasn't that kind of time. I I couldn't be who he needed me to be. But I I guess I I did what I what I thought I could. Just not enough. Car seems to slow a little, driving very slowly down this road. You're not quite sure where you're going, really. But Nigel leans up out of the little place he's sitting in and just says, Brad, I really appreciated it. I know it was hard, but you've always been a dear friend to me. I know we didn't always see eye to eye. You didn't quite get me in the books. And I'll be honest, sometimes I did say some things about your choice of profession. You know how I feel. War doesn't help anyone, but I get it. I get why you did it, and I appreciated it. You mean a lot to me. Not in a 
romantic way or anything, don't worry. Just, just, you just mean a lot to me. You're, you're a real good friend, and I know you did your best. Oh, thanks. But, I, I, I don't think I did. I'm ashamed, Nigel. I'm, I'm ashamed I couldn't do more. I really wish I could have. But I wasn't strong enough. He leans forward and puts her hand on your shoulder. And then he looks a bit different. He's not young anymore. He's older again, hair thinning, his skin sallow, and it's a bit unusual, really, if you think about it. Why does he suddenly look like this? Yeah, this place, it, um, it's, I mean, it's a dream. Dreams are like this, right? I mean, they don't have to make sense. True. I I still can't shake that feeling of shame, you know. But seeing him, you know, in, in a better state at least than he was before, I don't know, makes me remember the good times. Hmm. You're right. That feeling of shame is lingering there. That feeling as well of isolation. That you weren't good enough for him and... By not being good enough for him, you weren't good enough for all those supposed friends you had back in those days. You don't have any of them anymore, which is a good thing, but sometimes still lonely. And then the dream moves on, and you'll awaken sometime later. Sean, you are dreaming as well. Different dream for you, though, of course. People don't share dreams, after all. No, your dream is a fine party. There's something playing in the background. Ooh. Something sweet dreams are made of these. That was a good one. There's lots of people here, and it's a very busy place, but you find yourself in a side room. You're at some sort of house party, you think. The students. The students are having a house party. That's right, you remember. Tell me a little bit about that party. Oh, it's, uh... I was didn't really want to go out tonight but my friends kept saying that we should go and I thought well okay heck I'll go so I'm there with two friends it's Harry and it's Tom Harry's talking my ear off about some new thing that he's read about engineers discovering a new way to make chips I don't really it's not my thing I'm studying to be a doctor but there he is sitting next to me while Tom is off chasing some girl and the music is nice there's a fair few people here I don't know but I, I don't think there are any I don't think there are any gay guys. Most of them seem to be just looking after girls. and Not many other that I know, but... But then I think I see... Him... There. Is that Nigel? Yes, it is. Nigel. He's older than you, of course. He is a... He's one of your professors. You think he's about 30... 34, 35 maybe, you yourself at this point, 22, 23, and uh, yeah, there he is, it's a bit strange he's here at this party, but it occurs to you he must have been invited by one of the people here, he's supposed to be quite a fun professor. Yeah, I have actually met him once before under a bit odd circumstances, I mean, he's not technically my professor as he is teaching Greek and Latin and I'm into the medicine but I see I seen him at the university and it's just like we both just knew you know hey we're we're like we are we we like men and then shortly after that I actually met him out in a at a club uh, we talked a little then and since then, it's been a bit awkward at the university grounds, and I cut catch his eye, and I, I 
want to go up and talk to him, but at the same time, I feel like no one can know, so I... I just notice how my body is acting out of its own, and I... I stand up from where I'm sitting on the couch next to Harry, and I just tell him, uh, I... Sorry, I... I'm just going to get some air for a bit. And you go to get that air, but then... You don't. You didn't go to get here. You... You went to sit down. Suddenly everything shifts in a strange perspective shift. And you are in a room. It's near the party. You can hear the party outside. But it's obviously someone's house, this. And you've obviously just gone to sit down. You have a lovely glass of something in your hand. And there's Nigel. And he's near you. And he's drinking a red wine. As he says... So tell me, did you, uh, have you got through the whole thing? All of the play- words of Plato? I told you, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a bit of bridge, that version, but it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, well, you, I, I have been trying, but, you know, there is a lot of things I have to study and, uh, on the side of it, but uh, I, I, it's always more interesting when you're the one reading to me, hey? Ah, come on now. <laughs> I'm not that good at reading it, if I'm honest with you. But, uh, hey, well, what is it Socrates says? The only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. I may think I know a lot, but well, I don't know anything, really. None of us do. Yeah, you're right. We're, we're really just fumbling in the dark. and Isn't that so? You, the more you, you know, the, the more you realize that there is to... To learn, I, I, I drink and I. I feel a bit awkward. I feel like I want to take some, some sort of initiative. I just want to be, just want to be near him. He's he's so. He's so. Smart. He's. He has this, just, energy about him. You just makes you feel, safe in a way, like you're being taken care of. Not that anything really should happen, um, could happen. I mean, it's not good that we're doing this, but I just look at him and I say, you know, I feel a bit, it's, I don't know if this is right, but it's just being with you is, it's it's nice. Oh, Sean. <laughs> well, I, you're a good kid too, and, uh, you, you know, and you're smart, and I know you've got a lot of stuff with that doctorate you're doing, but I, I, I feel that, you know, extracurricular activity, it just helps, uh, you know, it helps. Uh, he kind of seems to stumble a little on his words, and he just leans over, and he just idly places a hand on your shoulder. I uh, I tense up a little bit. It feels so nice and, and warm. Uh, again, I feel like I want to do something, but it's... Um, I I kind of lean in a little bit towards him. I'm a little bit drunk, or I, I kind of wish I was more drunk. There's a pause. Our eyes meet, and then there's a sound, and someone's just sort of barged into the room, uh, laughing, and uh, you don't know who they are, another student, and they just sort of look at the pair of you and go, Oh, hey, uh, oh, uh, uh, sorry, oh, oh, didn't mean to uh, interrupt. Uh- it's uh, no problem. We were just, uh, just uh, the music was a bit loud. We were trying to have a conversation. I, I try to uh, lean, lean away a bit and, and, and stand up. You do so, and you can already see a couple of other students who just poke their head in, and everyone's looking, and and you can tell Nigel just sort of stands up quickly as well, and he, he looks awkward, and he, maybe you're thinking, why, why is there awkwardness? No, nothing's happening, but it's almost as if. You know that it didn't matter. It didn't matter nothing was happening because they all thought something was happening and and they leave the room and the door closes and you're left alone again. But now you're both standing up and looking awkward. Um, we didn't really do anything. Uh, I mean, maybe I should, maybe we should... Uh, Maybe. I don't know. I, I maybe I, I'm I'm a bit tired. I maybe I should go home. There's a weird smell on the air. You think, 
Oh, someone somewhere is smoking something. Oh, you remember now, there were quite a few people at that party. Smoking and maybe even taking some pills. You didn't take any, though. Nigel didn't. But that didn't matter. And he sighs and says, Oh, Sean. I'm so sorry. None of that what happened was your fault. It was mine. I should have... I should have been more professional. I, I just... We haven't done anything wrong, Nigel. I, 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 don't, don't worry. I, we'll... we'll uh, maybe we'll... You know, maybe we can see each other a bit more when I finish my studies. I just... Yeah, no, uh, we will, we will. I just want you to know that it wasn't your fault and I, you would have been a great... You would have been a great doctor. You would have been a... It's not, it's not fair. It's not fair that stupid people, narrow-minded, stupid people had to make us both move on. <sighs> drugs. I, I never took any drugs. And at first, in my mind, it's like I don't know what he's saying. It's this... What does he mean? I would have been. I, I'm still studying. I'm still going to become... And, and then it kind of blurs together in my mind... No, I stopped studying. There was all the consequences and there were all the bureaucracy and then that was Nigel blaming himself and this for being the reason that things turned out like they did and I blink a little as I feel a bit unsteady and I say, no, it's not... I told you this, Nigel, it's not your fault. It's it's, it's none of us' fault. It's, it's stupid rules and it's... Not because of this. It's other things, too. The way things are handled, I just couldn't stand it anymore, eh? That makes me happy to hear. I just I just wanted you to know. I, I treasured the time we had after. I still treasure you, and... <laughs> maybe things have been a little different. But no, they weren't different. That I'm, ju- I'm just happy that I had you in my life. I want you to know that. And I've, I don't know why, but it's f- like I'm crying. And I just notice it and I feel like my whole... I notice that my whole t-shirt is wet with tears. Like, how how did this happen? When did this happen? And in that pain, again, maybe there's also this moment of feeling, yes, something could have been, because no one since then... Already, like, you have so much trouble not feeling alone, don't you? So much trouble not feeling alone, Sean. Yeah. There's... There's never anyone that really sticks. That stays around. I just can't seem to keep anyone. It's always... One reason or another that either they're not good enough or I'm not the right one. And it always ends up with me just... Looking in my magazines and sitting by myself with my drink. That's not because of him. I I don't think... Oh, I wish things had become different for that bit. And you then notice he looks so much older. All of a sudden, his youth just vanishes and he's old and he, he's struggling to stand and... And his hair is thinning, and and he's just wheezing heavily. And he, but he's looking at you as if this doesn't matter. But it's very noticeable to you. What do you do, Nigel? Where's where's your chair? Hey, Nigel. <laughs> chair? I don't need a, a chair. No, I, I I don't need a chair here. And he kind of looks around, panicked, and kind of reaches out to you. What do you do? I take his hand but I'm trying to look around to see if I can find that electric wheelchair that he was in of course you go to look for it and wake up and the both of you wake in the morning in an unfamiliar room alone you have listened to an episode of Red Moon Roleplaying where we played the scenario Etin Arcadia Ego for Cult Divinity Lost Etin Arcadia Ego was written by James Estes Originally released back in 1994, and with a revised edition just released for free by the fantastic folks at Helmgast, who have also sponsored this series. 
The revised edition is dedicated to Terry Kevin Amthor, who was instrumental in making the original American release of Cult happen, and who we tragically lost earlier this year. The music was made by Atrium Carceri, and was used with permission from their label Cryochamber. Check out their website at cryochamber.bandcamp.com or their YouTube channel for some moody dark ambient for your gaming table. We would like to give massive thanks to our champions of the Red Moon, Martin Hoyshobert, Nastasha Rollerson, Simon Cooper, David, Julia, Camilla, Ludwig Manford, Bob Delange, Julian, Cameron, Ryan F. and Xavier for their generous support. And we would of course also like to thank all of our other patrons. Without your support, the show would not be possible. If you want early access to our content and to hear raw versions of our recordings right after we have done them, or get your name announced as a champion of the Red Moon, do check out our higher level tiers on Patreon. It's a great way to get more Red Moon roleplaying in your life, and to help us keep the show going. Thank you again for listening, and happy holidays from us at Red Moon Roleplaying.